this morning. We have a wonderful privilege of giving the pulpit to one of the men that I have admired for many, many, many years. 37 years ago, God gave this man a vision to launch his own church in a nearby city of Montgomery. 37 years later, they are bigger and have won more people and thousands have been affected, families in the area, by the love and the care of this pastor and this man. Um, He's been an inspiration. Everything I've ever done right is because of of him. Anything I've ever done wrong is because I did that my own. And he's been an inspiration in a lot of ways to me. And has shared and imparted on my life over many years. And he continues to do so as our presbyter. But one of the things I will tell you before I invite this man to this pulpit and share this word. Is that he made me understand what a pastor looks like on a week to week basis. See when I traveled with my wife. um, we, We made home base New Covenant Assembly. In which he pastors. And when we were there, it's funny because every time I see him, you know, he'd say, it's so great to see you. But when I don't, I'm so glad to not see you because I know you're traveling and you're ministering. So I always said, thank you, I think. But you know what really struck me as uh, the wonderful relationship that we've had for many, many years. And I look up to this man. But I remember the times that there were two separate times my wife fell into the hospital for a particular surgery. And Pastor Jim... And his wife sat with me for hours and hours. And just sat with us when we were going through a very dark time. Didn't have to say much, but stood there until we knew that Leisha was safe and okay. And then he prayed with us and go about his way. Literally hours. And when a man is that busy... With a body to take care of. Here's little old me in the waiting room. I thought I was going to be alone. I wasn't. Pastor Jim was there. Pastor Holly was there. And they stood with me. So that you can do all the great things and preach all the great sermons. But when that person stands with you and sits with you for hours. When they could have been doing a lot of other things. That means the world to me. So this man that I've invited to come share week one has been inspiration to me. And this body in more ways than you could ever imagine. So right where you are, would you please stand and give a wonderful welcome to Pastor Jim Pence. One time. Come on, somebody. Well, you may be seated. Thank you so much. And Pastor Tony, thank you. For words which I do not deserve, but thank you. I, if I taught you and showed you what it was like to be a pastor, this is what it's like after nearly four decades <laughs> to be a pastor. So I can't wait to see you with your gray hair and your extra weight. But it's good to be with you. Ten years, Freedom Life. That's that's awesome. A decade of ministering here in the Susquehanna Valley. That is a major accomplishment. I hope that you know that. Some statistics say up to 80% of church plants never make it. Up to 80% of church plants never see 10 years of existence. And there's many reasons for that. 
Number one, those of you that have been here all the time, you know it's hard work. It requires dedication. It requires prayer, faith, and an openness to the power and the moving of the Holy Spirit. It is the anointing of the Holy Spirit that breaks the yoke of bondage. Without the anointing of the Holy Spirit, people remain in bondage. Broken by the very sins that hold them captive. But it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that breaks those chains and sets the captives free. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Satan is defeated. We need to understand that. On the cross, he said, it is finished. And that means for each one of us. The life of sin that we lived in the past, the things that we were drawn to in the past, the idols that we worshipped in the past, the things that we ran after in the past, that is done through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? When something old ends, something new begins. Galatians chapter 5. The Apostle Paul speaks of life in the Spirit. He contrasts the sinful life with the life in the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. And then he makes this amazing statement in verse 25, Galatians 5.25. He said, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That's God's message for us today. Keeping in step with the Spirit. We are all spirit-filled believers here, right? We all have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, wanting to pour out from us. We love worshiping in the Spirit. Wasn't that an amazing time of worship this morning? We love worshiping in the Spirit. We love experiencing the gifts of the Holy Spirit moving in our assemblies. We love seeing lives transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's living in the spirit. And I for one am glad that we do. I don't want no dead religion. Come on. I don't want a Sunday morning only Christianity. I want the real deal. I want changed lives. I want my God to be glorified in all that we say, do and think because he's worthy, is he not? To live in the spirit, or as some translations say, to live by the spirit, means to be made alive by the power of God. It means to be raised from the death of sin. It is to be given life, or as Jesus said in John 10.10, it's to be given abundant life. Living a life to the max. And that's by the power and the grace of God. That's God showing up when you least expect it. That's God leading you when you don't realize it. That's God doing a work in your heart and your life when you don't feel it. My father-in-law, Franklin Bud Stover, was an amazing guy. I, I looked up to him an awful lot. He was closer to me than my biological dad. At the age of 16... Bud was driving a coal truck. He would come home from school. He would get an empty coal truck. And he'd drive up to Snowshoe or up to, to uh, uh, further up into the mountain to the coal mines. 
And he'd have the coal truck filled with coal. And he would drive that truck back down the mountain, park it at their house so his father could unload the coal during the next day while he was in school. And then that night, Bud would get in the truck and he'd drive it back up into the mountains and load it up. There was no after school hanging out with friends. There was no playing sports. He drove a coal truck at the age of 16. When he graduated from high school, he enlisted in the service. And he went in under World War II. And he drove an ammunitions truck. Loaded with explosives. He was behind the enemy line much of the time. Trying to get the ammunition out to the troops. So that they would have what they needed to fight the the fight of their life. And one time, Bud shared with us that he got separated from the rest of his division, the rest of his troop. And as he was driving through a European city, he stopped and he asked if anybody knew where his troop was. And a guy directed him down through a valley around these windy roads. And he said, perhaps over there in the hills is where they are. You might find them there. So he drove this truck full of explosives down through this valley and this windy road up on top of the hill and he couldn't find his comrades anywhere there. So he turned around and he headed back down through the valley, through the windy roads, up on the other side, back into town. And when he got there, somebody said to him, where did you just come from? He said, well, down through that valley and that road. The man said, that road is full of landmines. The road that he drove through twice was full of landmines. He attributed to the day of his death that it was God who directed him. It was God who steered his truck. Can I tell you this morning, the next step is always the most important step. The next step, whatever it might be, is always the most important step. You may have gone through a lot of spiritual landmines in your life. You may have seen things that you have passed through that could have destroyed you. But you are here today by the glory of God. And by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he directed you. He showed you the next step. And you took that next step. And he kept you here for a purpose. Isn't that the great thing about God? He's kept you here for a purpose. He's directed your life for a purpose. And each day he pours his Holy Spirit out upon you for a purpose. He's planted Freedom Life Church here for a purpose. He called pastors Tony and Alicia here for a purpose. And he brought each of you here for a purpose. He spared our lives. He's equipped us. He's empowered us by his Holy Spirit. He's given each of us the exact gifts and callings that he desires for us to have. And yes, Sammy, sometimes we have to grow into those gifts and callings. But that's the beauty of what God does. Don't ever think that just because you're not walking in that power that you would like to walk in or flowing in the spirit like you would like to flow in the spirit right now. Don't think that God's written that off. You have to grow in that. And the next step is the most important step. 
You have to step out and allow God to move in your heart, in your life, in that way. He has given you the exact gifts and callings that he has designed for you to use for his glory and for the good of others. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus and he said, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Before Freedom Life was ever planted here in Lewisburg, God had a purpose for it. Before New Covenant was ever planted in Montgomery, 37 years ago, you're celebrating 10 years We're about ready to celebrate 40 years. Can you believe that? I must have been like 13 when I planted the church. But God had a purpose for it. He was already preparing the people for the work that he desired to have done. Before you came, became a part of this church... God was already preparing you for the unique role that you're playing in the growth of this church and the advancement of the kingdom of God. I remember back in the days, I was saved, I received Christ 48 years ago. That's almost like half a century. Who's laughing? That's not funny. And back in the day, we had what was called the Jesus people. A bunch of hippies that got saved. And I remember driving through the streets of Williamsport. And, and there is these hippie vans that now are all painted up with flowers. But they said, Jesus loves you. And I thought, oh, that's nice. I did. I'm being honest. That's nice. See, I went to Sunday school my whole life in, in, a, in a, 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 another church. And I had all these badges and these pins that said I had perfect attendance in Sunday school. You would think somebody who had perfect attendance in Sunday school would see a, a van that says Jesus loves you and get excited. But I just said, oh, that's nice. I, I, I wish them well. And then I got saved and then we, we started a coffee house on Main Street in Montgomery and, and we call it the manna house because every day God brings some new manna. And I had a van, and guess what? It was the manna van. And, and I'm sure there was somebody out there saying, That's nice. That's nice. So be careful of your next step. You might just become what you. Made fun of. But God is awesome. Nearly 50 years and I'm excited about, as much excited about serving Jesus as I was 50 years ago. I'm a little slower than I were 50 years ago. But I'm still just as excited. Because God has prepared a work in advance for each one of us to do. But please understand this. Before you were born again... Before you became a part and took a place in this church, you were dead. You were dead in your sins. 
And what it means to be alive in Christ and alive in the Spirit is to be made alive again in Him. The Spirit of God brought you life. Sometimes I don't think we appreciate that enough. Sometimes I think we fail to be amazed by what God has done in our lives. We keep looking for something else and something more and something greater. But when he brought you back to life, that was a miracle. Ephesians 2.1 says you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Colossians 2.13 said you were dead in your sin. But God made you alive in Christ. And we can never fully appreciate the new life we have in Christ if we never fully comprehend that we were really dead in our sins. Before we came to Christ. When you came to Christ, he didn't just tweak your life a little bit. He didn't just make some minor adjustments to make you a better person. He brought you from death to life. And until we realize that and comprehend that, we will never truly appreciate the life that we now live in him. So Paul wrote there, he says, since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. So what does he mean by keeping in step with the spirit? Has anybody ever had a misstep that resulted in a sprained or broken ankle. Okay. Some of my favorite people. Have you ever stepped on a Lego in the middle of the night? And the resulting scream set off the house alarms? You ever walked down a, a rocky, wet path and just twisted your ankle just a little bit? Then you know what I'm talking about. Last year, toward the end of the year, well, throughout the COVID season. Isn't that weird? The COVID season. It's like we have the Christmas season, Easter season. Around here, we have hunting season. And now we have the COVID season. I wish you could get a license and shoot that thing. <laughs> take us all out of our misery. Come on. Mm. But during, during the, the COVID season, uh, we, we purchased groceries and, and delivered groceries to people throughout the Montgomery area. And as long as God continued to resource us, we continued to buy groceries. As long as God continued to bring people into our, into our fellowship to help sort and distribute those groceries, we continued to do that. And, and, and we did it for a, a long time. It was one of our purposes. One of the good works that he prepared in advance for us to do. And we were able to bless a lot of families. And then toward the end of the year, we wanted to do something special for a group of people. We had a couple guys, we have a couple guys in the church, but they had FedEx routes. How many love the FedEx people? They show up at your house. They deliver things. And then you get a bill. My, my daughter and son-in-law, my son-in-law, I'm going to tell a story on him. He's a, he loves to shop. 
before there was online shopping, he would go in a store. And this is, this is no lie. He would go, you know him. He would go through every aisle. He was going in to get like a light bulb. But he was so mesmerized by merchandise. And he would go in every aisle. It got to the point where he, he would say, I just have to stop in at Lowe's. And the kids would go, oh. Because they knew it was like going to be a whole day event. Well, then he started online shopping. And my daughter, Jen, she's at home while, while Tim's at work. And she says, the FedEx guy and the UPS guy shows up every day. She said, I look on the security cameras and they're out there riding bicycles in the driveway with the kids. He's like, they're here. They're part of the family. But we, we had these guys who, who owned the FedEx routes and we had several drivers in the church that we said, we want to bless them. So we put together care packages and gift packages. And, and, and we, we put candy and, and cookies and crackers and, and chips and water bottles. And, and we, we packed them. Big. And I was taking a box load of these gifts. We took almost a hundred of them. And I had a box load of these gifts, these, these snacks. And it was like this big. And, and I couldn't see my feet. So I was going up on a porch where I thought that I could make a distribution there and they could take care of it. What I didn't realize was the edge of the step on the porch was broken off. And I stepped up and half of my foot was on the step. Across the porch I went, leaning forward because the weight that I was holding was going. It, it's not pretty to see a 60-some-year-old guy going across the porch like that. Eventually I fell, but thank God the crackers, the cookies, and the chips broke my fall. We had this big project to bless a lot of people. And the most important step was the one I missed. Don't miss the next step. See, sometimes if we miss the next step, we have to redirect. We had to repackage. You know, we don't want to give them, thank you for all your service. Here's a bag of crumbled chips. <laughs> so we had to repackage. Sometimes if we miss the next step, it'll take us to the ER. Sometimes if we miss the next step, we'll have to adjust our route in order to get back on track to what God would have for us. And it can cost you time, cost you talent. It can cost you people. The next step is always the most important step. When Jesus approached Levi, he said to him two simple words. What did he say? Follow me. When, when, when the apostle Paul was writing to the church at Corinth, he said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. In other words, they were saying, 
follow our steps. Where we have stepped, we want you to step that way too. The next step is always the most important step. So be very careful when you take that next step. I believe the scripture and I believe history have proven time and time again that some steps yield amazing results for those who believe. The next step for David was to get rid of Saul's armor. He had armor that did not fit him. Sometimes your next step is to get rid of some of the armor, some of the things that other people are trying to put on you. Stop trying to wear somebody else's armor. Stop trying to fight the battles with somebody else's weapons. God has equipped you. God has resourced you. God has made you uniquely you, so stop trying to be somebody else. The next step for some of you is to get rid of Saul's armor. Stop trying to be like somebody else. Realize the uniqueness that God has given to you, the giftings that he has given to you, and shed the armor that's holding you back. The next step for Noah was to build a boat, even if it made no sense to anyone else around him. Can you hear Noah's neighbors? What is Noah doing now? He's got to get a life, man. Even if it doesn't make any sense to anybody else, pick up the tools that God has given to you and build something for his glory. We came back to Montgomery to plant the church. And I say come back because it was our hometown. And when we came back, it was Holly and I and our two girls. And my mother-in-law wept. She cried. Just like that. But she wasn't, ha- she wasn't crying tears of happiness. <laughs> she was scared. I know some of you here were from Montgomery or may still be from Montgomery. And, and, and nothing ever happens in Montgomery. <laughs> Everything starts and stops. It's planted and it dies. It's Ecclesiastes in like three weeks. There's a time to plant, there's a time to pick up, there's time. And my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law, she wasn't saved at the time. And she thought we were going to starve. And she thought her grandkids were going to starve. Can I give you a piece of advice? Don't mess with the grandkids. How many grandparents do we have here? Don't mess with the grandkids. And she thought, oh, and she cried. See, She equated success in the ministry like success in business. And they're not the same. She had a vision when I went off to college. She had a vision of me being a pastor of a mega church. She watched too much TV. And and she thought, oh, you know, I'm going to have this big mega church. You're going to have this big name. And we went to a storefront on Main Street. We did Sunday school across the street through a dirty, dingy apartment building down in the basement. They had a a laundromat and the owner of the building left us use the laundromat for Sunday school. 
my mother-in-law cried. (laughs) Didn't make any sense. But we picked up the tools that God had given to us. And the people that he surrounded around us picked up the tools that God had given to them. And the church didn't die. God is still moving. God is still blessing. Lives are still being changed. But it may not make sense. But you pick up the tools. Whatever God has for you. And because we were willing to take the next step. And because the people with us took the next step. My dear mother-in-law got saved. She gave her heart and her life to Jesus Christ. My father-in-law got saved. I tell you, as a family member, you guys talk about family. As a family member, there was, if there was no other reason for that church to be planted in Montgomery than for my in-laws to get saved, that was, that was well worth it. Amen? Didn't make sense. Pick up the tools that God has given to you and build something for the glory of God. For the Levites in Joshua chapter 3, it was to stand in the waters of the Jordan River. God said that if they did that, he would establish Joshua's leadership among them and God himself would be glorified. And how did God establish Joshua's leadership? How was he glorified? When those Levites stepped into the water, the water parted. And they walked across on dry ground, but they had to step into the water first. We talk about the struggles in our world today. We talk about the things that's happening in our world today. Step into the storm. Step into those things that are happening. And step into them with the power and the spirit of God. If you will, God will be glorified and your leadership will be established. Don't wait for the storm to pass. Step into the challenge. And the next step is the most important step. If the Levites hadn't stepped into that water, the waters wouldn't have parted. God would not have been glorified at that moment, at that time. What will never take place if you don't take the next step? What's the goal? What's the vision? You're talking about a decade of destiny. What's the goal? What's the vision? It doesn't really matter unless we are all willing to take the next step. And I believe as followers of Christ, he gives us amazing opportunities. Opportunities to shine, opportunities to share, and yes, opportunities to suffer for the glory of God. And I believe that. Because of, among other things, what Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 12, he said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Now I confess to you this morning, I don't fully comprehend and understand that promise. I've read numerous explanations about that passage. But I cannot wrap my head around how we can possibly do anything greater than Jesus. But he said it. He promised it. And I believe it. That may be the next step for you. Take the words of Jesus. 
Not try to figure it out. Because if you wait until you figure it out, you'll never take the next step because you'll never figure it out. Take the words of Jesus. Take the promises of Jesus. And take the next step into what he has for you. Take him at his word. Believe what he says. And act on that word. He gives us an opportunity to suffer with him. That's right. We're called to shine. We're called to share. We're called to suffer. For the glory of God. First Peter chapter 4 verses 12 to 13. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you're suffering as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Acts chapter 5, verses 41 and 42. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. Listen, for the longest time, the church in America has not suffered persecution like the church around the world. The saying has been for a long time that unless God judges America, he's going to have to apologize to Solomon Moore. He's not going to apologize. So it's time for his church to get on their knees, confess their sins, turn from their wicked ways, seek his face, And he will hear their prayers. He will forgive their sins. And he will heal their land. We may just be seeing the beginning of persecution in America. God's been very, very gracious to us. But as students of the Bible, it should not surprise us. That judgment may well be on the horizon for us. Persecution and suffering may well be on its way. But please do not let that distract you. Do not let that deter you. And do not let that discourage you. Because the next step is the most important step. Step into the battle. Step into it. Don't back away from your faith. Step into the water and you will see God glorified. The second opportunity he gives to us is to share with others. 1 John 3, 17 and 18 says, If anyone has material blessings and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love in words or tongue, but in action and in truth. I've watched this church through the years and I've seen you ministering to people and the needs of the people in your community. I've seen you make opportunities for people to come and connect with Jesus Christ and to have the material needs met and their spiritual needs met. Always keep an outward focus as you enter into your second decade of ministry. Be aware of this. One of the things that older churches do is they grow inward. They begin holding on Instead of giving out. They go into a maintenance mode. How do we keep this? How do we do this? They turn into consumers. Instead of producers. 
The desire to be entertained replaces the desire to be anointed. And if entertainment could build the kingdom of heaven, Disney would have built it a long time ago. But it takes the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And it takes bodies of believers who will be raised up for the glory of God. It takes men and women who are willing to step into the waters and get their feet wet. To build something that makes no sense. And to shed the armor that the world is trying to put on you. And put on the armor that God has given to you. Never stop producing. Never stop planting. Never stop pioneering. Never stop fighting the spiritual battles. Never stop building the kingdom of God. Never stop getting your feet wet. Step into the river that God has flowing for you. And the third opportunity he gives to us is to shine for his glory. Daniel 12.3 says, Those who are wise or those who impart wisdom will shine like the brightness of heaven. And those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Those who give out godly wisdom in this dark, dark world will shine like the brightest stars in heaven. They will stand out among the crowd. Have you ever been in a crowd of people that you didn't know and you just saw, you, you just knew that that person is a believer? You just, you just sensed it. They will stand out in a crowd. Come on. The world we live in is groping around in darkness. They're running into things. They're tripping over each other. They're knocking things over. And that's the reason we have some of the dumb stuff we have happening today. Can I say that? Good, because I just did. (laughs) And it's worse than dumb stuff. It's satanic. It's against the glory of God. Come on, he's the creator. He's the redeemer. He's the sustainer. And this stuff that's being taught and this stuff that's being produced and sent around the stuff that we're trying to we have to try to digest don't digest it digest the word of god and please don't go into the darkness with them don't exchange insults with insults nobody's ever been won to the kingdom of god by being insulted don't argue with them because Argument, the scripture says, it does not produce anything that's of the righteousness of God. Shine. Shine with the glory of God. Shine with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't back away from the truth. Don't back away from your faith. Don't be intimidated by the masses and the messes. Stand on the word of God And take that next step that he has. God has planted us here for the reason that he has for us to be here. Romans chapter 1 verses 21 to 23. Paul wrote to the Romans, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But in their thinking became fruitful, and their foolish hearts were darkened. And although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. 
and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. They claimed to be wise, but they became fools. Just this past week, one of the major universities just hired an atheist to head up their student ministries department. (laughs) They claim to be wise, but they became fools. That's why we've got to shine with the wisdom of God. We don't have to go down in the darkness with them and exchange insults with them. But we can bring the wisdom of God into the room and let his light shine. We can bring the wisdom of God into any conversation, into any grouping, into any place. Yes, even government public places. Come on. They may have said we can't do that, but God didn't say that. He said, go into all the world and proclaim the good news and make disciples of every nation. God has planted Freedom Life Church right here to shine his light into the Melton and the Lewisburg area and throughout the Susquehanna Valley. So take the next step, whatever it might be. It might look different for each one of us in this room. But take the next step. And then corporately, as a church body, you'll be taking the next step together for the glory of God. Walk in everything that God has given to you to walk in. Continue to shine. Continue to share. Continue to build. Continue to fight the good fight for the glory of God. As we begin this month, the decade of destiny... I want to challenge you this morning. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to take one simple step and to come to this altar and say, God, I am ready to take the next steps with you. God, I am ready. Whatever it is, God, I am ready. Empower me and enable me to do it. And maybe you're here this morning. You say, I don't have any idea what the next step would be. Come to this altar this morning. Spend some moments with God alone here at this altar and say, God, show me what the next step is for me. Show me how you've equipped me. Show me what you have given to me. Show me the tools that you have put in my toolbox because I want to be effective for the kingdom of God. I want to go with this church into the next decade and I want to help accomplish what God wants to accomplish in this valley. Come on, stand to your feet if you would. We're going to open this altar up now and just come and gather right here in the front and say, God, I want to walk in that next step. I want to be a part of what you're doing here. I'm dedicating myself this morning. I'm giving you my gifts. I'm giving you myself, Lord, right here and right now, God. I may not know what it is, but God, I'm giving it over to you. Just lift your voices to the Lord this morning. Present yourself to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, I give it over to you, Lord. Oh, all my gifts, oh God, I give them over to you, Lord. Mm, The graces that you have in my life, I give them over to you, Lord. Hallelujah. God, that which you have built in my life over the years, oh God, I give them over to you, Lord. Those struggles that I went through, God, 
They were to build your character in me. And now, God, I give it over to you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Bless us and anoint us, oh, God, for the next step you have for us as a church, oh, God. Let your glory fill the Susquehanna Valley, oh, God. Let your light shine in the darkness, oh, God. Empower and enable us to be the men and women of God that you've called us to be, oh Lord. And God, we come to you this morning, not for our glory, but for yours. We come to you this morning, Lord, surrendering ourselves to you. Help us to take that next step. Help us to take that next step, whatever it might be, Lord. Mm. We give you praise. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for this body of believers right here, right now, Lord. I pray for a mighty anointing of the Holy Spirit to be poured out in this place, oh God. That the yoke of bondage will be broken for everyone that walks in these doors, everyone we encounter in the parks and in the streets of Melton and Lewisburg, Lord. Every place where Freedom Life Church is mentioned, it will be directly associated with freedom in Christ. And you will be glorified, Jesus. You will be glorified, Jesus. And this church's leadership will be established in this valley for the next decades until you return, Jesus. And we give you praise, glory, and honor. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.